Welcome to Of Dust and Divinity, a place where we ask big questions of small things as we gather around the table with makers, thinkers, and doers. So grab your favorite drink, pull up a chair, and join us. Unpack that a little bit for me of, of what you're, you're meaning by microbiome there. Besides it being okay. like a, a 50 cent word there. Yeah. And to make this not into a two hour episode, we could talk more about it later. There's incredible research, but essentially uh, what they found. Well, first of all, the first main discovery is that 50 percent of the volume of soil of that growing layer, that top one to 12 inches of soil that we call topsoil, 50 percent of that volume is dead microbes. Mm. We didn't know that until maybe a couple decades ago. Right. It's this missing link. Understanding the role of microbiology has unlocked a new frontier in understanding that connection between our bodies and the earth. So microbiology, it's all the little stuff, right? So getting a little bit, we talk about primary consumers and secondary consumers when you're talking about trophic layers and kind of the food chain. And when you're talking about soil specifically, primary consumers are often the microbes, right? They are the ones who leach the minerals directly from the soil. They incorporate the water and the nutrition in the water directly into their bodies. Then they excrete other good stuff and they die and they give a bunch of other good stuff. Then the nematodes come along and some of the other scavengers and they shred it up, eat it up. And then, you know, they release other exige, you know, they excrete other things that other things eat, right? So it builds this soil health. Well, what we're also finding in parallel to that, and there's a fantastic book on that if you kind of want a primer on it. The book is called The Hidden Half of Nature, and it talks about this direct connection really explicitly. Highly recommend it's written by two biologists. Fantastic book. Um, we'll link it in the show notes. So along with discovering this microbiology in soil, we're also learning about how dependent our bodies are on microbes right? We're realizing like there's this new discovery that we don't actually eat food. We put food in our bodies that microbes eat and then we absorb what they excrete. Yeah. There's enough microbes in our body that if we were to scrape every single microbe out of our body, it'd weigh about nine pounds. No kidding. Nine pounds of microbes. Holy smokes. You think about how small a microbe is. And again, we don't, I mean, it's billions, billions of microbes, yeah. hundreds and thousands of microbe organisms, right? And, and they've been really vilified, right? We have, we're, we're crazy for our antimicrobial mm. left, right, and center. But there's also been this surge in health sciences for like probiotics. Well, what are that? Those are microbes, yeah. right? We're learning that we, our bodies need this stuff. Yeah. And the more we learn about it, the more we find How it. interconnected interconnected the gut is i mean we we hear a lot about that but what lives in your right. gut and how that can affect your overall health right like those, those and organisms. it goes beyond the yeah. gut i mean we find microbes in our brains mm-hmm. in our skin in every organ of our body every piece of tissue in our body has microbes yeah. in it and what we're finding more and more is just how critical those microbes are to our life yeah. Okay, let's take that one step further now. We've also discovered that the microbes that are on the surfaces around us interact with and influence the microbes that are inside Mm -hmm. of us. So not only you are what you eat, 
again, because microbes from your food also get into your body and they shift the microbial balance in your GI tract, but you are where you live. And what I mean by that is that your biome assimilates to the biome of your environment over time. And you, and, and you can actually map the shift in the microbial makeout of your body, whether it's on your skin or in your stomach, based on if you move to a new place or if you change your diet. Right. Right. This is stuff that we're able to begin tracking now in science. Incredibly fascinating. What we're finding is that there's this connection between human health and earth health. Right. right? So we've talked about that. Okay. But it actually still goes even But farther. wait, there's more. <laughs> the connections. <laughs> there is more. Right. Because then we can talk about our hormones and our physiology. Yeah. Right. We can talk about like circadian rhythms, things that we've known about for a long time. We can talk about moods. We can talk about seasonal depression. We can talk about all these kinds of things. We know intrinsically and also now empirically through research and studies that our physiology is connected to the world around us. Right. 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 Does it stop there? I'm guessing no. It doesn't stop there. (laughs) There's more. (laughs) Now psychology is agreeing with what religion has known for a long time, right? That being outside thinking not of yourself, but of your surroundings has significant impacts on your mental well-being. Mm-hmm. Now more and more therapists are writing prescriptions for nature walks, for joining nature mm-hmm. clubs, for connecting with the outdoors, for doing sunrise walks or sunset runs. Because there's this understanding that when you get outside of yourself literally and and you set your mind to things that aren't about you, your whole sense of well-being increases. Yeah. I've, I I've I've heard it literally put that if if you can it's it's literally like you're taking a bath in the forest a forest if you if you yeah. can do that walk if you can get out in nature you're literally bathing yourself in this environment you're bathing yourself in the surroundings like like your body is actually absorbing one of these things and and I so wish that you know it's something that we did more as a family you know other than just on our vacations we we take some vacations to some relatives and there's this forest walk like i'm i literally feel like i'm i'm absorbing the <laughs> the redwoods and the ferns that i'm yeah. walking around in and I'm very intentional yeah. to do that uh but it going in and knowing that 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 my my self right my my being mm. is is actually in a in a weird way interacting with uh, and it seems corny. It, it might seem corny, but I I think to, you know, C.S. Lewis and 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 Tolkien that that these these trees they they really are alive and they do. T- if you walk yeah. through a forest and you hear the sounds of them moving in the wind, and I think mm. about it like, oh, they're talking, you know, and like what kind of crazy yeah. person am I to 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 think about this? But it really is its its own language, and so to to have that and to have your you know, I, I used to think my wife, my crazy hippie wife, you know, when we had kids, like, let them run barefoot, let them, let them get grounded, let them ground to the ground. Yeah. And, and yeah. the, the, like our kids had their little, you know, leather shoes and we'd let them run barefoot as, you know, as much as they wanted to. And uh, there is something to be said for that. There is, there's a whole movement around it. Yeah. Barefooting yeah. Of, of grounding to, and, and of course there's a book called the secret life of trees. I read it. 
oh my goodness, it's all about the secret languages of trees and how they communicate, how they exchange nutrients, how they help other sick trees or kill off trees that could spread disease to other trees in the forest. I mean, it's incredible. And so, yeah, the forest is alive in, in, in more ways than we can. It's incredible. Well, and, 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 and I'm thinking too, I, I'm, I'm holding this, my wife posted this documentary that I think you know about too, called Kiss the Ground. Um, and, mm-hmm. and again, you're talking about those, those layers of, of earth or the microbes in there. And as yeah. if we're killing those off with, with pesticides and stuff like that, that's actually, yep. you know, we don't think about how interconnected even the smallest organism is and how by killing right. those off, that actually has a job in, in the, in the, yep. in the e- ecosystem and the ecosphere and like, yeah it might be why our planet might be warming up a bit because there aren't things right? to yeah. digest <laughs> all the things yeah. that we're putting out there to then take care of it, Absolutely filter right. it down and, and recycle and yeah. reuse it. Yeah. Yeah. And absolutely. And what, I, what I love about things like kiss the ground and the hidden half of nature and the secret life of trees is it's people who esteem themselves as advanced and learned catching up to what indigenous people mm. have known for time immemorial right now they could not have articulated the words we attribute to it but they absolutely embodied the practice right and some of the best learning that i've done has been just listening to indigenous voices on this topic and and the more that i listen to indigenous voices the more that i'm like oh i was romanticizing that because someone wrote a book and made a lot of money and made it sound really good but actually, if I stop romanticizing that, but continue to engage the practice, then I can grow in these different ways. And so that's been like, so yeah, it's, it's just, it's amazing how much indigenous wisdom there is out there. Um, and then also a little bit shocking about sometimes how hard it can be to find it because it can be so drowned out by other voices. Um, then that's not to say that the other voices don't have good things to say, but I really do just want to take a pause to really acknowledge that like, my best teachers are people who have an oral tradition passed down to them through generations that now because of social media and other things are able to put into the world that I'm able to learn from and I want to do better about that myself. I'd love to unpack this later. Uh, You know, I wanted to make sure that we're keeping on time here, but uh, I'm curious to know if, if you like me, I, I know we kind of grew up in a similar, you know, Judeo Christian background and always intentionally or not like trying to stay away from like the, the mother earth and the, you know, almost kind of <laughs> seem like that new agey type, uh, you know, view of, of what's, what earth is and, 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 Oh my gosh, like this is, this is, this is crazy. Like we can't, we can't get into that. Um, and, and similar to you finding that there's indigenous ways and, and traditions that actually is a respectful, like there, there's a reason why it's, it's your mother, take care of your mother. There, yeah. there's a respect yeah. and there is an honor uh, towards this, that, that if we disrespect our mother, we're finding what the consequences are, are of that. And that, to me, that was always for me, such fringe stuff growing up that mm. I, I I've not been able to really even start to wrap my head around it or trying to get past like the taboo of it mm. until now. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's in conversations yeah. that we've yeah. been having. And again, other conversations that you're saying now with social media, like more of these conversations are out there 
and we can engage in them. So is there anything that you've had to overcome in trying to get those voices like to be more in your uh, face? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, so much religious dogma. Mm. And, and again, I, I know because we've mapped it out a little bit that we are going to have several episodes that kind of drill into yeah. that a little bit. So I won't, I won't do that here, but there, there, here's what it came down to for me. I had to get to a place of spiritual freedom where I could see what is as actually what is. Mm. And that sounds really silly, but there was so much dogmatic obstacles for me just observing reality as it is that I had to work through. So here, let's just talk about this a little bit, right? So for those of those listening who had a similar upbringing to ours in any kind of a Christian church, right? We're taught to only attribute certain and uh, certain attributes to God, right? Like God is the great provider. God is the one who, you know, all good things come from God. God is the one who gives us our daily bread. God, you know, all these things are attributed to God, right? And yet if we look at just what is, it's the earth that gives us all those things. And I'm not saying God isn't involved in it, but I'm just saying like, can we just look at what is, Mm. right? The earth provides, the earth provides everything, right? right? And, and it goes so far beyond just our food because obviously like the earth has literally supported every human life since the beginning of time. There has been no human life without the earth. There hasn't been a single meal that a human has had in all of history that didn't come from the earth. Right? We think about the microphones we're talking into, the computers we're on, think about the chairs we're sitting in. Every piece of that came out of the earth. We've got things the on earth. the moon that came yes, from that came the out of earth. The earth. <laughs> yes. The technology that's giving us permission to disconnect from the earth came from exactly. the earth. Right? So the earth is the provider. And in fact, I just uh, turned in an assignment for my my master's thing earlier today. And in, I was talking about this idea that like... Um, can you know? I, I was talking about this kind of contrast and and ways of thinking about God and, and comparing it to the Earth, and I said, well, can we say that the Earth is constant, right? Because we say, well, God never changes. Mm-hmm. Can we say that the Earth never? Can we say that the Earth is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow? Well, yes, I think we can because the Earth has proved that it has supported every human life from the beginning of time. That's about as constant as sunrise and sunset every day for all of history. That's about as stable as you get, right? So the earth takes on all of this language that my upbringing reserved for God and said, if you attach that to anything other than God, you are now a heretic. And when I got to a place of spiritual freedom where my eyes could just see what was in front of me, then I could just say, well, okay, like I get that God is those things and the earth is those things. Now, you know, if you want to get does God do it through the earth? Whatever. I'm not even getting that argument right now, right? Just the idea that let's just see with our eyes what's there in front of us. Mm-hmm. The earth provides, mm-hmm. right? Um, all of the metaphor we have to describe our inner lives is rooted in the earth, right? Mm-hmm. Now, psychology has this thing of like following technological developments, right? So if you look at like kind of pre-Freudian psychology, a lot of it, they thought that what was happening in your brain was like pressure that needed to be released. Well, guess what was invented around then? Like the steam engine, mm-hmm. right? And the locomotive. 
And now you think about the way that people talk about psychology. They talk about like circuitry and wiring. Well, yeah, it's because digital circuits right. have taken over our lives. So, so, so there is this trend to like follow technology, but the lasting metaphors are rooted in the earth mm. because that was always the first and I believe the last teacher that we have to look to. When we try to describe something that's beyond our knowing, we describe the things that we know, which ultimately and always come back to the earth because that is really the only home we've ever had. It's the only reference point of meaning for all of human experience. Yeah. And it's a transhuman experience, right? So we can use these metaphors. We talk about like, oh man, I'm stressed at work. I just really need to get grounded. Mm. Like, I just need to really ground. Like, I'm feeling like you're a little too confrontational. I just need to kind of ground myself right. a little right. bit. We're using all of these metaphors about the ground in describing our mental nature. But then what we do, and this is, to me, this is the, the, this is the part where I'm like, oh man, like, is there a way we can rebalance some of this stuff, mm. right? Because we say the metaphor about the earth, but the earth never comes into our awareness when we say the metaphor. Tell me about it. Unpack that a little bit for me. Well, let's talk about religiously because that might be even more obvious, yeah. right? So anyone who sat in church and heard a Jesus parable has heard something about the earth. But how many times is the focus of the sermon, the earth? So we'll talk about parables. We'll talk about like, you know, sowing seed on the land and we don't even talk about the land or the seed. We jump right to the metaphysical spiritual application of it. Interesting. Yeah. Right. Great point. Same in psychology, same in business, any place where you use an analogy of the earth, we use the words, but we are so disconnected from the earth that the image of the earth or the presence of the earth or the embodiment of the mm. earth never even enters our reality when we're talking about the earth. Yeah. Interesting. And can we bring that back? Yeah. Right. Can we move back into a place? I'm not asking for everyone to like go run through the forest naked. Right. <laughs> but like, can we learn how to pay attention? Yeah. To I mean, realize, if you want to, maybe if that helps you connect I with mean, the earth, but uh. <laughs> just invite us if you do. That's all I'm saying. Um, but but can we get to a place where the metaphors at least conjure up an image mm. in our head, mm. right? And as we go through life, like, oh, I was just talking about, you know, things bearing fruit. Right. Well, oh, what if I just paused and held in my mind an image of what's in fruit right now, whatever that is. If it's November or January or July, can I hold that in my mind? If I, if I can't, why not? Is it because I don't know what's in season right now? Okay. Well, guess what? I have a computer in my pocket. Let me Google it. What's in season right now. Oh, okay. Now I can hold that image in my head when I use that metaphor. Yeah. That small of a change can begin this step into an awareness that like, we are the earth and the earth is us. There isn't this disconnected divide that we've come to believe that there is, right? And like, because when we talk about the earth, we're familiar with using metaphor, but it's actually, it's way more than that, right? The earth reflects us literally and psychologically. The earth is literally holding us right now. In this conversation and wherever you're listening, the earth is holding you, period, Unless you're on the ISS, which kudos, give us a shout out on social media. I want to know you're listening to us in outer 100%, space. 100%. 100%. But my money's on the fact that if you're listening to this, the earth is holding you. 
and, and you right. think about like just this 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 fragile because you mentioned space and I, i'm such a space nerd i, I love watching all the yeah. documentaries on how we got yeah. to the moon and like on this technology that is, is our iphones are a hundred thousand times more sophisticated than what they had to get to the moon blah 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 mm-hmm. it, but it's it's amazing to one of the discoveries that was made when we went to the moon is actually our home and where we live in this this very delicate ball balanced in space Right. And, mm, and hearing, yeah. you know, people that go up to the International Space Station say, you know, if I could just bring a couple of world leaders up into the space station for just a little bit to look down on this very fragile planet mm. that we have. And you, you don't see borders. You don't see you just see right. the land and you see what we have and our responsibility and our duty to it. They're like, I wish I could bring people up here to help them understand <laughs> actually the value of what we have and the, and how fragile it could be if we don't, if we're not socially and and environmentally responsible for what we're doing. Yeah. 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 You know, and it's interesting. I haven't tracked many interviews with astronauts, but I wonder how many of them said, you know, once I got to outer space, I would have been fine. Never coming back to earth. (laughs) I wonder how many of them get to outer space and say, Oh my gosh, I miss it already. Mm. Because I wonder, like there is something human where our souls feel at home in the earth right like i mean how many times are we like oh i just need to go on a walk in nature to reconnect with myself well what what are you actually doing you're actually reconnecting with nature but nature in its unordered unmanufactured existence speaks a language hums at a frequency that our souls tune into Right. It's the natural operating frequency of our souls. So good. Right. So, and so, and, and our bodies are too. We're just really disconnected from our bodies also. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and, and that's a and, whole and other just thing. recently. And the thing, I love technology. I, I, I really, I honestly do love the age that we live in, but the idea yeah. that, you know, recently my family and I, we went on a, on a family trip to Orlando. Right. And, and I, I wake up in the morning very early and I'm in a, a very cold place and I have jackets on and then I get in this silver tube and in a few hours I'm on the other side of the country and now it's hot. And why is it so hot? And why is it humid? Like the journey there was just kind of in this isolated bubble. And now I'm in this other place in the earth. And like, I, I, I never really transitioned to, and now I'm in this completely other different environment. I, I don't even know how to relate to it because I'm there like that, yeah. you know, and it's, it's beautiful and I love it. But at the same time, there's something in the journey that we miss and that our bodies don't have such a hard time adapting to. I, I've never sweat so much in the month of February as I did in Orlando, you know, uh, but, but it really is this weird relationship that we can have because we can transport ourselves so quickly, you know, back and forth without going through the process or going through the season. So, um, you know, there's, there's an amazing thing, but there's also this disconnection, right. That we have. Part of my, I, I feel like part of my job here, Cabin, is to say, I'm going to be that guy, you know, we're, we're going to need to be ending here. But speaking of that connection, you know, one of the things that we have to kind of close out here is, is a journey to the center of the earth. And I don't want us to miss this. Uh, I, I'd yeah. love for you to take us through kind of what, what you're intending for this journey to, I, I think of Jules Verne, but maybe you've got your own thing here. <laughs> well, no, I mean, obviously it's inspired by that because he, you know, he, he wrote the book. Um, but, but really it's not nearly so fantastical. It's much more just grounded. Mm. Um, and so the idea would be just a, just a small meditative practice that just takes 30 minutes wherever you are, wherever you're listening to this, right? So we've had a lot of conversation about 
earth connection, specifically connecting to our health. And there's going to be lots of conversations throughout season two that explore this intersection of earthiness. So as we begin to frame that, close your eyes, picture where you are. Chances are you're not sitting directly on top of the earth. There's something between you and the earth. Maybe you're wearing shoes. So start there. Imagine your shoes, feel your shoes. Then feel whatever's underneath your shoes. Is it wood, concrete, some kind of prefabricated plastic, tile? What's underneath that? Some kind of substrate. Underneath that, are you on a raised slab? Are you four stories up? Are you on a concrete slab? What's underneath you? Keep going down. Go through the next layer and the next until you get to soil. And maybe that soil is buried under six feet of concrete, but there is soil directly, directly underneath you. And in that soil, there are microbes. And in that soil, there is life. And pause and hold the awareness of the specific, limited, life-full earth directly underneath your feet. So that's the meditative practice. The reason why I stop at soil is because like the beach, there's this very thin layer of earth that supports all of our life. There's a whole lot of earth underneath it. Most of it we don't know. But the top 24 inches of the earth gives us all of our food, which is incredible to think about, right? They say if, if we didn't have, if aliens evaporated six inches of soil off the whole surface of the earth, all of humanity would die within a year. Okay. Wow. Right. So connect to that dirt because everything in our current reality, all the momentum of our culture pushes us to detach from the earth. Mm. Just think about how many layers you had to work through until you hit soil. And how often do you think about the literal soil under your feet? Was this the first time? How many lives have walked upon that soil directly underneath you that you're literally hovering over detached? Right? This is the pull of dualism to separate us from the earth. But one path toward healing is to awake to an awareness of the earth under our feet, to begin building patterns of feeling that earth under our feet. And maybe more importantly, to abide in a specific limited place that is ultimately real. The earth under your feet right now is more real than your Instagram feed. It is the realest thing around you. So one theme for season two is going to be calling forward that awareness. And we're going to be exploring different ways to think about that awareness, different ways of interacting with the earth, some tools in which way to think. And that's really what these kind of tractor thoughts are going to be. There's going to be 
lots of conversations about religion and spirituality thrown in as well, along with some other topics. But there, it's going to circle around this idea of like, there's some connection between soil, soul, and city that's worth spending some time looking at. And that's what we're going to do. I can't wait. I'm excited. I was there with you. I had my eyes shut. I was going down. I'm like, okay, there's a there's a level below me. There's a floor below me. Then there's a, I don't even know if there's a slab. Below. I don't even know what's down there. <laughs> uh, I w- th- so thanks for taking us through that exercise. That that was that was fantastic. And again, just that, I think that's really what we're trying to hope here is that stillness and that presence, right? For right now, just to be mm-hmm. able to to kind of sit and be present in these in these thoughts, in these concepts, uh, in these. I love it, even in these meditations. So, Caven, um, I'm. I'm excited to, to continue on and unpack these tractor thoughts because I know there's a lot of them and I think it's going to be really valuable conversations for, uh, for folks to join into. So appreciate you. Oh man, it's going to be a blast. And again, just remember guys, if you want to get even deeper in with us, jump on Patreon. Um, we'd love to engage you there too because that's, that's really where we take it to the next level. Fantastic. And that's our show. If this conversation was meaningful to you like it was to us... Leave a rating and review so that more people just like us can discover this podcast and join the conversation themselves. Thank you for listening. This has been such a fun conversation and we'd love for you to join the conversation too. But hey, you've heard enough of our voices. For show notes or to connect with this community of seekers, visit us online at ofdustanddivinity.com. Partner with us on Patreon and get access to exclusive content, merch, and hidden perks. Go to patreon.com slash of dust and divinity. Join our Facebook group of dust and divinity podcast community and engage with us on Instagram at of dust underscore and divinity. As you go through your day, remember these words of Rainer Maria Rilke. Be patient toward all that is unsolved in your heart and try to love the questions themselves Do not seek the answers which cannot be given to you, for you would not be able to live them, and the point is to live everything. Live the questions now.